We Went Blues is brought to you by Game Time, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before games start, and because Game Time tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. For example, I love sports, but my daughter loves concerts. She loves Taylor Swift, and Game Time is the best way to get your tickets for everything from sporting events to shows like T-Swift. The Game Time app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download the Game Time app in the Google Play or App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. episode 17 of we went blues with uh barrett jackman and myself jeremy rutherford of the athletic st louis uh, barrett guess what today is um sunday monday if you're listening uh, right away <laughs> it is we are uh, recording on sunday night uh, this will hit listeners on monday but today sunday is the 11 year anniversary of the trade that brought alexander steen your friend and uh, carlo koliakovo to st louis for lee stempniak I remember the day uh, because uh, when the trade broke, uh, I went on the radio station, Barrett, and uh, they said, Jeremy, who did the Blues get? Tell us. And so um, I had heard of Carlo Coliacolo. I did not know how to pronounce his name, as probably many on this universe uh, don't the first time they see it. Uh, but I remember saying, uh, well, the Blues got Alexander Steen and Carlo... <laughs> I didn't know what to say. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it, it's pretty tough. We just called him uh, Harry Hot Pack, or uh, I know in Detroit uh, he was injured quite a bit there too. So they uh, they ended up calling him uh, Cargo instead of Carlo because they were just kind of uh, uh, lugging him around, and uh, he wasn't playing too many games. But uh, yeah, that trade was uh, was huge for St. Louis, and uh, you know we're still uh, reaping the benefits uh, today with. Uh, uh, an unbelievable uh, person and uh, and hockey player and Alexander uh, Steen. Yes, we are. Did uh, by the way, did uh, Cargo? Did that ever get back to Carlo? Did they ever hear that? Oh yeah, they'd say that right to his face. Yeah, no. Oh, he, to his uh, face. Uh, <laughs> I guess it's hockey. Yeah, right? it was funny. Actually, he got he got hurt a few times on the ice and. Uh, uh, we, we stopped uh, Ray Borelli from going on the ice to, to get him and uh, Big Walt used to start the uh, standing eight count uh, uh, on the bench so the entire <laughs> bench would start going uh, one, two and you know, Big Walt would be down goes Coco and so he was, uh, uh, he, he stopped getting hurt uh, you know, very regularly uh, right after that. Anyhow, I guess so, that would do it, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, Alexander Steen was our guest on episode 16 of We Went Blues last week, so please check that out uh, if you get a chance. That was a subscriber-only podcast, so you have to subscribe to The Athletic St. Louis. But the reason I bring this up about this being the 11-year anniversary of this trade isn't necessarily because uh, we had uh, Alexander Steen on last Friday, uh, but it got me thinking, Barrett, about the trades that Doug Armstrong has made over the years that have really impacted this current roster. So we do have to preface it by saying that was a Larry Plow trade back in 2008. Larry Plow was still a general manager when the Blues got Steen and Koliakovo for uh, Lee Stempniak. Uh, but Doug Armstrong has made quite a few deals. Um, when you look at this current roster 
And uh, I did the homework, and Barrett, later in the show, we're going to break it down. We're going to talk about uh, who the Blues got, who they gave up, and what some of those players that the Blues gave up are doing now. You'll find that uh, a number of them aren't even in the league anymore. But before we do all that, let's check in on the St. Louis Blues. They fall 4-2 to two, uh, to Nashville. Barrett, of course, they get a goal from Clem Costin, his first in the NHL. Another one on the power play, it looked like it was Alex Petrangelo, but 24 hours later. Uh, talk about adding salt to the wound. They take the goal away from Petrangelo, which was his 100th of his career, and they give it to Jaden Schwartz. So that's good for his buddy, but they take away number 100. And Jordan Bennington, again, really good. 40 saves, the second straight game. This time they lose, though, uh, but the goaltending with Bennington has been terrific. But, Barrett, we want to get to the big news of last night's game. That's uh, the hit by Robert Bortuzzo. We should say two hits. Uh, two cross checks on Nashville's Victor Arvidsson, and he's going to get suspended. Uh, the news comes out tonight that he's going to get four games for that uh, altercation. So I wanted to get your thoughts on the suspension, see what you thought about the verdict from the player safety department. Yeah, um, you know, you got to protect the players. And, uh, you know, the first cross check, uh, you know, Arvidsson's going to the net and, uh uh, Bobo kind of, you know, gives him a pretty good cross check, but really no damage done. And, uh, you know, it happens uh, in every game. And, you know, whether they're going to give him a penalty for that or not, uh, uh, who knows. But uh, it, it was the second one that was pretty violent uh, going, you know, there's the uh, the spot in the in the shoulder pads and uh, between the pads and the uh, and the pants that pretty vulnerable for uh, for a player and, and that's where uh, you know Bobo six foot four six foot five of them coming right down on uh, on uh, Arvidsson's back it uh, looked like it did some damage and you know with with him uh, getting suspended a year ago doing you know the same thing uh, against Dallas that. Uh, um, you know, you kind of see how it was uh, It was pretty violent and then, you know, kind of a, a repeat uh, offense uh, to what he did before that, you know, really kind of uh, caught everybody's attention. Yeah, that's the key here. Barrett is uh, the second whack the player safety department uh, said in their video that that just wasn't a hockey play. It's away from the puck and he's merely doing it out of uh, frustration there. It seems to be a theme with Robert Bortuzzo. Look, we like him, the player. He's played well uh, lately. Good guy off the ice. You know him. Uh, But in these situations where he feels like somebody else is doing the embellishing, he seems to take it into his own hands in terms of kind of getting paybacks there where, you know, I think he should probably leave that up to the officials. I know they're not going to call it every time, uh, but he's just getting himself into too much trouble by taking that into his own hands. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, you know, you put yourselves in uh, Bortuzzo's shoes. He's uh, he's a guy that's been in and out of the lineup. Uh, he's he's trying to impress every time he's on the ice, and um, you know, a guy goes down. You know, what he felt was pretty easily, um, and you know, embellishing, and that's that's a pretty frustrating when um, you know you're, you're trying to play your game, you're, you're trying to do your thing, and. Um, you know, you, the guy goes down, you're going to get a penalty for it, uh, most likely. And, and that's, uh, uh, looks bad on you and possibly is out of the lineup. So, um, you know, he, he's frustrated and, and I kind of see it, but, um, you know, excessive and, and, uh, you know, today's, uh, NHL that's with 25 different uh, camera angles on every play. That's, um, you know, when I first started in the league, that was, you know, happening probably every second shift and. I've probably given, you know, way worse than what, what he's done, but 
Um, everything's dissected, uh, you know, quite a bit now, and you know the VHS tapes aren't uh, uh, aren't being in, in play right now. So, um, you know, you, I, I kind of see where it comes from, but you know, he's also got to be in control of his uh, his actions, and uh, you know, he's he's filling it in the pocketbook, and now he's. Uh, Sitting up four games where uh, you know he can be proving himself and and staying in the lineup. Yeah, to the tune of sixty seven thousand seventy three dollars and sixteen cents. That of course goes to the players' emergency fund. So that is going to leave a mark. Uh, but for Robert Portuzo, he had played very well lately. And and while they have seven uh, good defensemen, Carl Gunnarsson's been sitting out lately. Barrett, uh, Robert Portuzo, I felt like had established himself lately as a guy that you don't take out of the lineup. Now he's taken himself out of the lineup and of course he can get back in there in five games uh, but that's a lot of time to uh, to miss some hockey and 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 so uh you know a situation for Bortuzzo where he's just going to have to face the music here uh what do you think about uh, Gunnarsson getting back in and then word today the Blues have called up uh, Derek Pouillot from the American Hockey League yeah um you know Gunnar he's a great guy he's uh he's a great player and he's played well for the team and and uh, you know, he, he eats up a lot of minutes. Lots of times, he's out there with uh, with with Petro and um, does a very very good job. He's not flashy. He's not going to do uh, uh, a lot in the offensive zone. But uh, uh, you know, he, he scores overtime goals in uh, Stanley Cup Finals. But uh, he's uh, uh, you know he's he's one of those guys that uh, is just steady, and you, you don't notice him many games. And as a D man, that's pretty good. And uh, but Pouliot, they they really liked him and. Uh, in training camp and uh, exhibition games, so uh, he's a guy that was number one on the list. Uh, him and, and probably Mikula would be uh, the other guy, uh, but Pouliot's a couple years older, and he'll he'll come in and you know be that seventh guy and uh, kind of be the uh, the safety net if if something happens to one of the guys uh, uh, in the next four games. Yeah, and I had been hearing that uh, Mikola, we're talking about the prospect, uh, Nico Mikola, was uh, playing really well this season and that he was ready. If they needed a left side defenseman, and I know Bortuzzo's a right shot, but the Blues have been carrying, you know, an uh, odd number, of course, with their seven defensemen, um, they, they could have called Mikola up. Uh, but two things. One, I think that uh, Pouillot been playing really well. We're talking about a 25-year-old uh, eighth overall pick in 2012, 18 points in 20 games, Barrett, the 18 points lead all NHL uh, defensemen. So I think it was a situation where Pouillot probably playing the best hockey down there. But secondly, um, as you touched on a second ago, he's got some experience. Look, you know, there's a reason that Doug Armstrong's bringing Troy Brower in is because uh, that's what he wants. That's what he wants this team to look like, uh, a team that has that uh, season. And uh, obviously, Mikola, having never played a game, I think that probably factors into uh, the Pouillot call-up. Yeah, um, if they bring up Mikola, he's probably going to be sitting in the stands. They're not going to just put him uh, ahead of Gunnarsson or, or you know the other five guys that are in the lineup. So um, to have him come up and, and sit here for you know a week or just over a week in, in those four games and and uh, you know not grow and not get the experience uh, you know playing in games and you know San Antonio he's playing 20 minutes a game and, and playing really well, but. Um, you know, for him to come and sit in the uh, in the stands, uh, it's not going to be great for his uh, his development. Uh, you know, even though that you're going to come up and and uh, see what the NHL is all about in a day to day environment, but uh, nothing uh, beats experience of, of being on the ice and, and playing. Walker also 25 like Pouillot, and he signed a one-year two-way deal uh, this summer. He's just lighting it up in the American Hockey League with the San Antonio Rampage. Barrett, 12 goals, 22 points in 20 games. That's third overall uh, in the scoring. 
My question is, does he come up and is he your uh, extra or does he jump into the lineup for somebody? We should point out while we're talking about this that Troy Brower has been placed on the non-roster uh, list because his visa issues aren't uh, fixed yet. So uh, he cannot play until that takes place. Uh, so Walker comes up and does he slide in for somebody or is he the extra guy? Clem Costin uh, played his what third game the other night, scored his first NHL goal. Uh, you probably keep him going and, and, and while, while he's here um, or do you slide Walker in there? Um, yeah, you definitely keep Clem in. Uh, you know, he's, he, he's getting more comfortable, uh, you know, in the three games that he's played and, you know, he gets that goal and, um, you know, it's hard to take him out of the lineup, but uh, it all depends on what you want to do. Uh, Walker's a little bit more of a skilled player if they want to, you know, put him on the third or second line. And, um, then maybe you take somebody out of that, uh, the fourth line, uh, you know, De La Rose or something like that. But, um, you know, he, I, I think he's going to sit and watch for the first game and, and see how that goes. And, you know, who knows, uh, uh, you know, in Nashville how it goes uh, tomorrow night and, and see if uh, uh, they want to tweak the lineup a little bit and, and go more skilled or, or if they want to keep the, uh, you know, kind of bigger bodies and, and heavier team in there. And that's a good point. The Blues back on the ice uh, Monday night, and it's in Nashville a day in between the games, but uh, sort of a back-to-back -back, uh, here against uh, the Predators and then at uh, Bridgestone Arena on Monday night. Do you expect any retaliation or expect uh, any aftermath from the bortuzzo Arvidsson incident? Uh, I think the whole game was pretty chippy, and uh, yeah, I don't think there's going to be any backlash. Uh, um, you know, the lineups aren't really... Um, you know, kind of heavy, you know, scrappy uh, type lineup. But, um, you know, I think Watson was running around a little bit. Uh, um, but really the only one that's going to kind of challenge him in, in a sensible manner would probably be uh, Bortuzzo. So um, I don't think there's going to be any kind of uh, fights, but it was a very spirited uh, game last night. And, um, you know, I, I think it's going to be even uh, uh, more so on, uh, uh, you know, I guess it's tonight if uh, you're listening to this on Monday. But, um, you know, I think the Blues gave up way too many shots. And, and that's kind of uh, Nashville's M.O. is, you know, they want a, a mass quantity of shots over quality. And um, so, uh, you know, the Blues had a chance to win it. But, you know, they're not happy with the uh, the breakaways that they, uh, they gave up and, and a lot of those shots. So... I think you're going to be coming uh, pissed off, and with the divisional uh, game, I think it's going to be uh, uh, probably even more physical than uh, it was last night. Well, we'll be watching. In the meantime, let's switch gears. We touched off uh, on the top of the, the show about how we're going to talk about the trades. Doug Armstrong has uh, made some splendid trades for the Blues. He's had, had some good signings too, Barrett, uh, but some of these trades really stick out, and we want to focus on the current roster. He's been here since 2010 and has made uh, a lot of trades over the years, but let's just focus on the ones that impact uh, this roster and we'll do it by position. Just looking at some of these forwards first, uh, of course, the, uh, the Braden Shen trade comes to mind. You send Yori Laterra and two first round picks to the Philadelphia Flyers. You get Braden Shen. We all know what we've gotten in uh, Braden Shen, uh, but let's look at it from the Philadelphia perspective. Laterra, he's gone. Uh, he's out of the league. He goes to the KHL 10 games this year. I'm sorry, 10 goals this year, 18 points in 28 games for St. Petersburg. And then a part, Barrett, that a lot of people forget, the Blues did send two first-round picks uh, to the Flyers, and they've turned those into a couple good young players who are currently on the roster. Uh, you're talking about Frost and Farabee, uh, two forwards. Both are with the big club right now and contributing. But I think you still look at that deal from a Blues perspective as being a positive trade. 
Yeah, um, you know, basically you're kind of looking at the uh, the Shen uh, Latera and uh, I can't remember what uh, Yori's uh, deal was like, but it was kind of handcuffing the Blues a little bit in, you know, the fact that he was going to be a third line, fourth line uh, uh, centerman and uh, really when the Blues were looking for, uh, you know, a first line uh, center and, you know, Shen is a is a great talent. He's a big body. He he's uh, he's got fire to his game, and um, you know Philly kind of for some reason uh, was going to let him go. And you know the first two round or uh, two first round picks, um, you know were late late round, and you know you never know. You kind of look after the first kind of twelve picks in the in the draft, and it, it's kind of a crapshoot. So. Um, I think the Blues were very willing to give up those two picks for uh, uh, you know number uh, number one center and and obviously you look at it right now and you know with Laterra not even in the NHL and and Shen uh, you know a huge part of the uh, the Blues and, and what they did last year and two years ago and and this year uh, his start is is definitely uh, a win on uh, on the Blues side. Wins a Stanley Cup and also signs an eight-year contract extension, $52 million for Braden Shen. The next one, Barrett, might have been the best trade in Blues history. If, if uh, you know, if you're looking past the Brett Hall trade, obviously that, that probably goes down in history as the biggest. Uh, but Ryan O'Reilly, he comes to St. Louis from Buffalo, of course, uh, an all-star last year, wins the Con Smythe, helps the team win a Stanley Cup for the first time in franchise history. And uh, the Blues gave up uh, Patrick Berglund, we all know this, and uh, Vladimir Saboka, Tage Thompson, and a draft pick that the Sabres turned into a player named Ryan Johnson. You had a, a friend named Ryan Johnson who <laughs> played for the Blues. This is a, a different one. It's a different uh, one. But <laughs> Berglund <laughs> out of the league, and we, uh, we know that story. Saboka um, not doing much offensively, which is what you'd expect. He's currently on the IR. And Tage Thompson, who I just didn't see the development um, – there and then when he got to uh, Buffalo he's bounced up and down between the American Hockey League and the Sabres roster he's also on IR and right now Johnson the other Ryan Johnson has four assists in 13 games with the University of Minnesota hands down Barrett a win for the Blues absolutely anytime you get the uh, you know, Stanley Cup MVP uh, on your roster. It doesn't matter, uh, you know, really what you uh, what you gave up to get it. But uh, you know, that means that you have, uh, you know, have a Stanley Cup in your pocket. And uh, and you know, you look at the guys that uh, were traded. And uh, you know, Berge was a whipping boy. He you know he was great in probably about 20 game stretches. And um, you know, you really got excited about him, and then you, you kind of got disappointed because of the, you know, the other 62 games. Uh, you know, he was just kind of there, but uh, you know, kind of leaving you wanting more. And um, Subaka, it would be tough to trade him. Um, you know, probably what six years ago when when the Blues had him, and he was a he was a force, and then he went over to Europe and and kind of lost his edge, and and really wasn't as. Uh, uh, as competitive uh, on a nightly basis as, as they would have wanted. And then, you know, Tage Thompson, like you kind of touched on, you uh, you know, a big kid with a great shot, um, didn't really use his size as much as he wanted. And, 
and was very inconsistent. He, you know, he came in with fire a couple times in, in training camp, and you, you thought you had something there, and then uh, was just kind of average on uh, you know a lot of the nights that he was in the lineup. So, uh, and then you know Johnson, I didn't even realize he was part of that trade, or don't even really know who he is. So, <laughs> um, you know, there's another uh, you know win uh, for Army in the uh, uh, in that trade. Kind of, uh, it seems like it's lopsided now. Yeah, we'll touch on a couple other trades involving forwards and then get to one that I think is, is one of the biggest uh, Armstrong has made. Uh, first, uh, Barbashev. The Blues did not trade for him, but they did uh, acquire a second-round draft pick in 2014 when they sent David Perron uh, to the Oilers, and they used that pick, a second-round pick, to take Ivan Barbashev, so you can include him in players that the Blues have because of trades. Uh, another trade, Kevin Shattenkirk. Uh, went to Washington in what you'd call a, a blockbuster deal because that was at the trade deadline and, and Shattenkirk was kind of the big piece that uh, everybody was looking to get at that deadline. The Blues get uh, Zach Sanford back. He's in the starting lineup and a four-point night the other night looked terrific. Uh, they also get a first-round draft pick in that trade that they wind up moving to get Braden Shen. So that's a positive uh, two and the Blues, they give up Ke- Kevin Shattenkirk and uh, Phoenix Copley. Uh, we know that Shattenkirk didn't stay in Washington. He eventually signed with the New York Rangers, was bought out there, and now he's in Tampa Bay. So if you look at it from the perspective that the Blues got a first-round pick, they were able to move to Philadelphia. Also, they've got a forward, Zach Sanford, even though he might not be living up to expectations uh, like some fans hope. Uh, he's in the starting lineup, and uh, you're talking about a couple players, uh, Shattenkirk and Copley, that uh, you know aren't doing a ton for the team they went to. Yeah, uh, you know, Shaddy was a hot commodity, uh, you know, when they were, uh, uh, when that trade happened. And, um, you know, you kind of look at it like, a, you know, it was a Sanford and, um, you know, he was, a, he was a big body with a lot of skill. And, and then Phoenix Copley, uh, you know, was a guy that had a lot of potential, but really has not, uh, you know, lived up to his uh, uh, expectations as well. So, uh, you know, Sandy, he's, he's a guy that is kind of, you know, you wanted more at training camp, and he, he had a slow start to the season, but he's he's starting to fit in uh, uh, into his role and, and getting a couple points lately. So, uh, yeah, you look at this uh, this trade as well, and um, you know, what could you have gotten more? You know, who knows? But um, you still you got uh, you got Sanford that's uh, uh, you know was a beast in the playoffs last year, and and is starting to uh, show signs of that again this year. And Barrett, this next trade, uh, I don't know at the time when the deal was made, everybody looked at it like it was going to be a, an impactful trade, but it has become that for the St. Louis Blues. They sent Ryan Reeves to Pittsburgh and they get a first round pick, which they used on Clem Costin. We talked about Costin earlier in the show and, and people had uh, high expectations for the player that he could become and, and we'll see how that develops. But you get Oscar Sunquist, who probably people didn't even know who he was when that trade was made. And now he's one of the Blues' better forwards. He does play a bottom six role, uh, but he impacts the game so much in a number of ways. A really good trade for the Blues here. Yeah. Um, you know, I was in uh, uh, in Chicago when that trade was uh, went down, and, you know, I was really, you know, kind of – you know, emotionally tied to the to the deal. Uh, really good friends with Ryan Reeves and, and know exactly what he brings uh, uh, to the table uh, in the dressing room and, and on the ice. But um, you know, and Sonny kind of he, he comes over and uh, for me, he really didn't do a, a whole lot to start. But uh, you know, like a lot of guys, once you start feeling comfortable and you know your role and 
uh, he's he's become a, a physical force and a guy that uh, uh, you know has scored some timely goals and and has really uh, you know made uh, you know up and down the lineup a more complete team. So. Um, and then you know you, you look at the the Clem Costin uh, piece of that deal, and you know three years ago I thought Clem was possibly with, with the talent he had and the size and the maturity physically he had that he would be a guy that would possibly would be fighting for a uh, for a spot in the lineup. So um, you know Clem's got a lot of upside, and and I, I think uh, you know the more games you get in the, in, in the NHL and and you know, gets that taste for uh, for the league. I think he's going to do some great things. And, um, you know, and that Zachary Lawson, if he, you know, if he was still playing, uh, you know, unfortunately he retired because of concussions. But, you know, there, there's a lot of pieces that were, were kind of good for Pittsburgh, and I'm not sure why they would trade Reeves uh, away when they, they needed somebody to, uh, you know, protect that lineup. But he's fit in nicely in Vegas and, you know, I think they would still love to have him around and, and be part of this team, but um, yeah, I think Sonny has has been a a huge bright spot for uh, for the Blues and continues to uh, to play well. One last one with the forwards bear, and then we'll uh, switch over to the defense. Uh, and this one probably doesn't fall in favor of the Blues at the moment. Uh, it looks like Robbie Fabry's playing pretty well for Detroit. He's getting the uh, power play time. He's getting the top six ice time, uh, and the Blues get Jacob De La Rose. Um, he's been uh, in and out of the lineup, and when he's in, hasn't done much. Uh, but, uh, you know, things take time to play out, and we'll see what happens with that move. But in terms of looking at all these uh, trades that Doug Armstrong's made, at least that one on the surface appears to be uh, at the bottom of the list. But let's switch uh, to the defense, and we're going back a ways here. Uh, the Blues acquired Jay Bomeister. He's still around, still playing good hockey uh, for the Blues. The Blues traded uh, to Calgary, Mark Kandari, uh, Red Obera, the goaltender, and a first-round pick. Uh, that they eventually used on Emile Poirier. Uh, Calgary Kandari uh, is no longer in the league. He's playing in Europe. Uh, Barra played uh, in Calgary and then bounced around with Colorado, Florida, and Anaheim. Now he's also playing in Europe. And uh, Poirier, his last season was in 2015-16. So here's three players who went to the Flames for Jay Bomeister, and none of them are in the league. Yeah, and you look at that deal and – you know, Kandari was never going to play for the Blues, uh, in, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, Barra, he didn't really have, uh, you know, on the depth chart, I, I, I don't think they ever, you know, had him, uh, you know, kind of uh, penciled in at, at any point uh, uh, to be kind of that uh, breakthrough, uh, um, you know, goaltender. And, and Poirier, you know, whether, you know, he was you know just kind of a throw in to to you know kind of even out the the numbers or something like that but uh Bo, Bo Meister is a you know he's a, a proven NHL player uh at the time and you know I don't know how many games he's played with the Blues right now but uh an absolute stud uh you know for eating up minutes and, and complimenting uh you know uh, uh Petro in, in a lot of games uh over Petro's career so uh that was a huge win for the uh, for the Blues and you know I'm sure Bo probably has another three four years in him and and uh you know hopefully uh you know a lot with the uh with the Blues.
Justin Falk for Joel Edmondson and Dominic Bach. And I know some people might want to be critical about this deal. Falk doesn't have a goal yet. And, uh, you know, his play kind of mixed reviews, Barrett, but another situation where it's probably too soon to uh, to judge this one. Bach isn't even in the league yet. And while Edmondson's playing well for uh, Carolina, long ways to go, especially with that long-term contract that Falk signed. Yeah, uh, this is another thing that you kind of look at the uh, the overall depth of the defense and, uh, you know, with with uh, uh, Edmondson, Bortuzzo, um, you know, Gunnarsson, you, you have, you know, three guys that are kind of interchangeable and, you know, bring a little bit different element, each of them. But, um, you know, looking at, uh, you know, the, the insecurity of, of Petro and, and whether he has a contract or not uh, uh, going forward that, uh, you get a guy that can play 25 minutes, uh, play on on the power play, and and uh, you know eat those minutes. So um, you know, Falk is is a guy that we really want to see more out of, but it, it's really hard to to move from uh, from one team that you've been for for so many years to to come in and and play less minutes and and have a little bit lesser role and. Uh, he's still finding himself, and you know, like you said, we you know wait to see if if this is uh, you know one of those trades that is kind of uh, uh, another gem for uh, for for Doug Armstrong. Oh, another one on defense, uh, Barrett, and probably a coin flip here. Robert Bortuzzo in exchange for Ian Cole. Cole did win two Stanley Cups with Pittsburgh. I know he played a you know pivotal role there. He was top four defense. Uh, but obviously not the reason they were able to win those cups. A couple big players there in, in uh, Crosby and Malkin. Uh, and Bortuzzo comes here, and I know he's a sixth, seventh guy, but uh, he's played a pretty big role in terms of team chemistry, shot blocker, penalty kill. Um, so maybe give the, the coin flip to uh, Cole there with the two cups, but um, to me it's probably a wash. Yeah. Um, you know, Ian, he was, he was kind of that six, seven guy when he was here, and uh, – uh, he was unhappy being the six seven guy, and when he got in the lineup, he he really didn't command to uh, to stay in the lineup and and really uh, uh, you know kind of mesh with what we had on uh, on the back end. So um, you know to to trade him and you get that big body in Bortuzzo, a tough guy that um, you know will play whatever you ask him to do. He eats eats pucks for uh, for lunch and is uh, uh, on the penalty kill and. Um, like you said, he's uh, he's a glue in the locker room. He's you will not find one player in the uh, in the room that's going to say a bad thing about him. And um, whether he's uh, the DJ or he's a comic relief or, um, or or a guy that just has a smile on his face every day, he's uh, uh, he, he's a huge part of the team. Uh, you know, both on and off the ice. And um, yeah. It, like you said, it, it could be a wash in, uh, uh, on the ice, but uh, I think in the locker room, uh, uh, Bortuzzo uh, will get the uh, the nod from uh, from most of the players. What do you think they'd say about him, though, in the Nashville locker room? Um, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been in that locker room, too, and I'm sure they hate him to, uh, to death. And uh, um, I'm sure Watson will probably be going after him at one point. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take uh, Bobo on my side, too. And take him. Yeah, there you go. Well, hey, let's wrap up this uh, trade talk with uh, a look at the goalie, uh, Jordan Bennington. A situation who's, who's like that? the – that's a Jordan Bennington. He, oh, okay. he won uh, Stanley Cup with the Blues last year. Okay. He was the, I, the goalie. Yeah, I was looking at his name here. I was just yeah trying to uh, remember what happened there. But, yeah, thank you. <laughs> he, uh, 
situation like Ivan Barushev, uh, Barrett, where he was uh, drafted with a pick that the Blues acquired in a trade. That trade was Eric Brewer going to Tampa Bay uh, in exchange for Brock Bukaboom, who was a prospect who never played. And a third-round pick in 2011, the Blues used that pick uh, to take Jordan Bennington. So the Blues get a Stanley Cup goaltender out of it, uh, Barrett, and they send uh, Eric Brewer to Tampa Bay. Played more there than I thought he did. When I looked it up, five seasons, kind of surprising, plus 18 and 246 games uh, with the Lightning, and then wrapped up his career with a few games in Anaheim and Toronto. But once again, uh, even though the Blues didn't make the trade for Jordan Bennington, they get a draft pick, and uh, that draft uh, amateur draft class that uh, – Bill Armstrong runs did a tremendous job in finding a goalie who eventually made his way to the NHL and helped him win a Stanley Cup. Yeah, uh, I remember the day that uh, Brew was traded, and um, he, he wasn't the the uh, most popular player uh, with Blues fans, but uh, an unbelievable leader, uh, a great friend of mine, and uh, a guy that uh, you know with some uh, some slim teams uh, that we had. Uh, you know, after the lockout in 2004, Brew uh, really filled a, a huge role that we needed. And uh, we traded him, uh, you know, however many years ago. Uh, you never would have thought uh, or looked ahead to, to see uh, exactly what came out of it. But um, Jordan Bennington, obviously, you know, all Blues fans, uh, uh, probably the, the favorite goalie to come through uh, the Blues just with the fact that how well that he played and, and ended up... Uh, uh, being probably the biggest piece that uh, you know kind of led to the Blues uh, winning the Stanley Cup. So um, you know, a lot of trades you don't see uh, you know really kind of you know take shape until uh, many years down the road. And and this is one of those that uh, great uh, great scouting, great uh, great uh, draft classes, and uh, you know Jordan Bennington is probably. Uh, uh, going to be, you know, one of the best trades uh, that uh, nobody really even uh, thought about. But uh, you know, it's a, a great wrap to some uh, unbelievable trades that Doug uh, Doug Armstrong and and uh, you know the scouts and and many pieces behind the scenes uh, were able to uh, come up with. Yeah, it just goes to show that you certainly have to uh, draft well, you have to coach well, occasionally you have to dip into free agency and and sign a free agent to come to your team, but Barrett, you know as well as anybody, when you're on that roster and you can see your GM uh, pull off uh, deals like these, they really speed up the process in terms of bringing in guys like Shen, O'Reilly, eventually a guy like uh, Bennington. Uh, It's got to be fun playing for a team where uh, your GM can do things like that. Yeah, um, you know the day of a lot of the trades too. Uh, you're upset. You're you're losing an unbelievable friend, and um, you know you're you're pissed at the GM for for making the deals. But uh, in the end, when it uh, it helps uh, the team, it helps win uh, games, and and for uh, the longevity of uh, of your career, you're uh, you're very grateful for uh, the foresight of the the uh, you know the the management staff to to make those deals and and make them count. Well, that is Bear Jackman. I'm Jeremy Rutherford. That is a wrap for episode 17 of We Went Blues. We hope you enjoyed running through a number of those trades and listening to how they worked out for the Blues. I I honestly think that the the Blues don't win a Stanley Cup without a number of those, uh, including the the Ryan O'Reilly one that really put the Blues 
over the edge in terms of uh, winning a championship last year. We appreciate you listening today, and we hope you'll uh, become a subscriber to The Athletic St. Louis so that you can get our podcast on Fridays, which are the subscriber-only podcast. We look forward to bringing it to you each and every week. For Barrett, uh, for myself, we'll speak to you on Friday.